Welcome in, everyone, to another week of First Seed Fantasy. We are First Seed Fantasy. Uh, you are either watching us on YouTube or listening to us via podcast. And if you aren't watching us, uh, you can find us on YouTube at First Seed Fantasy. And if you're watching us, you can find us basically where any podcasts are found, uh, First Seed Fantasy. I am your co-host, Kyle Krajewski, joined by the one and only Zach Cole. Zach, what's up? What's up, dude? It's uh, great to be here with you, as always. And We've shifted gears from our usual XFL conversations. We are full steam ahead on our fantasy football uh, analysis now moving forward. So oh, yeah. I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, the the lovely XFL season came and went. It was a lovely season. Uh, shout out to the Renegades for winning. But now it's uh, full force into fantasy football. We're here for the summer and onwards. Uh, just kind of chatting fantasy, chatting yep. some football. All right. On the docket for today, we've got new faces, new places. We are basically just highlighting some of the dudes that are on new teams, uh, whether it's just come and gone. It's been months since free agency kind of was at its strongest. Uh, maybe it's just out of our minds, just kind of refreshing it for both ourselves and for you, the listener. Uh, so just running through some of those, some of the highlights of free agency shifts. Uh, and then the schedule announcement was two weeks ago now, I think, and just kind of highlighting some strength of schedules, some kind of early season streamers, and just kind of a little bit of highlights from the basically the whole the whole of the schedule announcements. So just kind of yeah. shifting that into fantasy focus, at least. Exactly, I, and that's that's kind of what I was just going to say there, Kyle. We're kind of taking things that are non non-fantasy relevant things right now but we're kind of twisting them into the fantasy realm and just seeing what that means for the outlook in august september october you know when we're actually playing fantasy football so um i I thought some of the schedule releases were pretty cool so i'm pretty fired up to talk about that um but uh let's not forget some of the big news that we heard recently (laughs) yes uh in a podcast i wish i had the exact podcast uh but DeAndre Hopkins, uh, who recently requested a trade, uh, kind of outlined his desired parameters uh, for the kind of, I guess, the team that he wants to be playing for. Um, Kyle, it was the uh, the IM Athlete podcast. Yes, the IM Athlete podcast. Uh, and he kind of, it was interesting. It was kind of like, well, I should have pulled this up right before we recorded. Uh, but it was like, he wants consistent ownership. Uh, and he wants a quarterback that loves the game of football, but was very quick to kind of reiterate that Kyler Murray loves the game of football. Like he wasn't, that wasn't a dig on Murray. It was more just like, he's not going to be playing with Murray a lot this upcoming season. So he's kind of mm-hmm. looking for that uh, consistent cons- consistency or reliability uh, for this upcoming season specifically. And I mean, understandable, he's getting up there in age. He wants to show off and make money as well, when he can, which is now. 
Yeah, and to Kyle, and, is what and just for. to hop in real quick, I mean, he left. The, uh, he left Houston because he saw the the kind of the the sun on the horizon with the Deshaun Watson tenure and everything, and um, so he he wanted out of there, and that's why he ended up with the Cardinals. Of course, you know, there's trades and behind the scenes and all that front office stuff, but um, he went to a better quarterback situation where he is clearly Kyler's favorite target when he's on the field. Um, but that's going to be the issue: is that Kyler's going to miss. Uh, I, I mean, I, I've heard upwards of half the season to to three quarters of the season trying to recover from this ACL surgery. Now, of course, nothing is is set in stone yet. I mean, he could he could roll out there week one for all we know. I mean, that would be a miraculous you know recovery. But um, I mean, that's we can't rule that out until we get that news that's saying concrete. Can't rule that out. So I, I think for Hopkins, he's he's just looking to really kind of maintain that relationship he has with Kyler in in the. Um, uh, in, in the scenario where Kyler is ready to go week one um, and, and is out there or even week four or week five and, and Hopkins is still on this team. So, you know, I think it's wise on him to make sure that he's maintaining that relationship with Kyler and, and showing essentially confidence in his quarterback and, and backing up his his offense, you know? Yeah, he, he kind of wants... Uh, he wants reliability behind or basically mm-hmm. behind the throw that he's going to be receiving. Um, and kind of the, there's a huge question mark coming into this upcoming season. Um, but basically, oh, and the other point that he said on, uh, I am athlete is he wants a great defense, which I don't think the Cardinals have. So <laughs> not, not especially without JJ Watt too, who just recently retired. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's just bad. <laughs> it's not the best. Um, but it was funny because I think he was also asked like, oh, which quarterbacks would you want to play for? And he obviously listed all the best quarterbacks in the league. And it's just like, yeah, all right. Everybody wants to play for Josh Allen. Everybody wants to play for Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes. Like, obviously, uh, I think it's just more, uh, I mean, I'm thinking logistically when or what team is going to throw down some money on Hopkins uh, this upcoming season. And I don't think those teams are willing to uh, based just on what they're already paying their star receivers. Yeah. And Kyle, I guess, let me ask you the question Um, out of the five quarterbacks. I think I only have two or three of them off the top of my head. I don't have the article pulled up. Do you have the list of the, of the five of them that he mentioned? I do not. Okay. All right. Well, I'll just give you a second. Um, I know that Jalen hurts was in that list. Um, I know Justin Herbert was in that list. I want to say Trevor Lawrence was in that list too. It was. Right here, Josh Allen was the first one he called. I think Josh okay. Allen was like an instant Josh Allen. Uh, <laughs> then it was Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Justin Herbert. Okay, so I guess let me ask you then, out of those five quarterbacks and their current situations, which team would you most like most like to pluck Hopkins out of and place him into? Ooh, I mean, I, right off the bat, I think it's Lamar Jackson. Uh, Interesting. I think that is just because... I think Josh Allen's got his guy. Uh, Jalen Hurts has his guy. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, that would be exciting and fantastic to see. Actually, that might change it. Uh, but Justin Herbert's got Keenan, Mike Mike Williams, and uh, uh, basically, uh, and Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. So these guys kind of have their casts around them where I think Lamar Jackson's game could be, I think Jackson's game is the one that we would see elevated to a new level with Hopkins. Um, whereas Mahomes would still be Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen Mahomes with the star receiver. 
Uh, whereas we haven't really seen that with Jackson. And I think that's kind of why that's my choice, where I think Hopkins is going to dominate no matter who's throwing him the ball. Uh, I think it would just be incredible to see kind of both players be balling out at the same time. Almost elevated because of one another, right? Exactly. Exactly. I I like that answer. And I think that that's a very, uh, um, a a very big picture answer of you there, Kyle. I I like that. I think uh, if I had to choose somewhere to see him go, I think I would be in the same boat as him, obviously. And I think I would say the Bills. I think he and Josh. Yeah. I think if I were playing, if I, if I wanted to see good football, I'd want to see Josh Allen slinging it to <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins and Stefan Diggs. Wow. It's like it's a no brainer almost. And, and I think um, I think Allen's kind of been hurting for that wide receiver two presence. I mean, we've seen flashes of it from Gabe Davis uh, from time to time. Dawson Knox steps up and, and fills that role. But I mean, I, I think that that would just take this offense to an, a level that we couldn't even imagine where Josh has. Diggs and Hopkins to throw to on either side of the field. And he's got Knox and, and Gabe Davis, um, you know, push, pushing the boundaries of the field. I, I really just think he would be special in that offense. Not to not to slight any of the other offenses. Obviously, he'd be great anywhere he went. But that's the scenario that would stick out to me the most, I think. Yeah, that one would be just electric. Uh, just incredible football uh, to be seen in Buffalo. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Into the little bit of the meat of the podcast. Uh, new faces, new places. Uh, just kind of running through some players who will find themselves on a new team and a new position and a new uh, arena coming into this 2023 season. And some of these, I still remember some of these signings and being like, oh, I can't believe that took place. Uh, I can't believe they left or I can't believe that they even got that big of a contract really um but let's go by let's go position by position let's start with uh start with quarterbacks uh you know the primary offensive dudes um qb1 i think was the big move of the whole offseason that i mean there were trackers for this thing since december Mm -hmm. uh when everybody just kind of knew it was taking place aaron Rodgers to the jets uh, it, it felt kind of anticlimactic when it actually happened because it was like a month or two of, all right, he's going to the Jets. Well, when? when? Uh, but then it took place and everybody was like, oh, okay, cool. I can finally write that in. Um, but, I mean, Rodgers to the Jets is what the Jets kind of needed. And uh, they finally get that quarterback answer where, the past two years, or even specifically last year with Zach Wilson, the mm-hmm. mess that that was, uh, they finally get the have a great defense. They have some fantastic young weapons. And now you get a quarterback who knows how to play football mm-hmm. uh, to at least, to, especially to this level, we get, uh, we're going to get excitement or we're going to get, we're going to get a lot of fanfare. I should say that. Um but Zach, what are your, I guess, initial thoughts uh, as this offseason has transpired about this, this signing? Well, I think that it immediately makes the Jets a substantially better team. I mean, how many times did, we, did you watch the Jets play last year and you could only think that, man, if they had a quarterback out there that could make a throw or that could 
uh, you know, just just even run the offense a little bit more efficiently. I mean, they would have been in so many games, and they probably would have come out with a much better record than they did. And I think they were nine and eight last season, if I remember correctly, if not eight and nine. Um, so just for I mean, for that sake, Aaron Rodgers is just a massive upgrade for this offense. Um, and I, I think moving forward into this season, I think that if Rodgers can even just play, we've seen MVP Rodgers before, but we've also seen a version of Rodgers where he's a, a good quarterback, not a phenomenal quarterback. But I think even if he can just bring that to this offense, he's going to elevate it substantially. Um, I, I think I was listening to the the footballers over the weekend. So shout out to, I think it was Jason that was saying this, um, but he uh, he was mentioning that Garrett Wilson uh, was was somewhere in the bottom percentile. I think he was, I want to say, ninety second percentile or something. I don't, I don't know if it's the eighth percentile or nine, whatever it is. But uh, in catchable targets, I mean, he was like near the bottom of the league. And I mean, this guy was just a phenomenal wide receiver. And if he has someone to get him the ball, who knows where the ceiling is for him? So I really think that Rodgers is kind of going to unlock this offense. I mean, we saw Brees Hall have some success before his injury. Just adding a guy that can throw the ball and can spread the field a little bit more. What's that going to do for Brees Hall? They bulked up the offensive line a little bit. They brought in Lazard. They have Wilson. This is going to be a really, really good team, I think. Yeah, I mean, on paper, as before we even see anything on the field, it looks like an immense upgrade uh, and definitely what the Jets needed. Um, the Jets were 7-10 and 10 last season, by the way. Okay, um, thank just- you putting that out there. Uh, and I think that at least flips um, coming into this upcoming season where Agreed. I feel like Rogers is that fact. I think he's, I mean, he's at least a three game factor. Absolutely. Uh, when you think about it, but I remember seeing, I saw a stat. I don't have it off the top of my mind where the jets last year. And this was probably when Flacco was slinging it. Um, <laughs> when, Zach Wilson wasn't starting. They had the most yards per game and most pass yards per game. And when Zach Wilson was starting, they were like the second least passing (laughs) yards per game. And that just kind of goes to show that there wasn't an identity for this team last year. And with Rodgers coming in, I mean, who knows? I mean, obviously, I think it's going to be a more successful offense. But I really... I can't wait to see it actually take place because there are some incredible, there's some incredible talent on this team. Yeah. And not, not to belabor the point here, Kyle, but even if, even if Rogers can swing some of these one score games that they lost last season, I mean, they lost to the Patriots up in Fox, or I'm sorry, it, it, at home, they lost 22 to 17. They lost to the Patriots in Foxborough 10 to three. Um, they lost to the Vikings 27, 22. They lost to the, Bills 20 to 12. That was the one where Mike White died from that hit um, by Matt Milano. Uh, the Detroit Lions beat him 20 to 17. And then to end the season, they lost 11 to 6 to the Dolphins. So if they can turn those five games around, I mean, you you just mentioned it there, Kyle, that they'll at least flip that, um, flip that record around. But even if they turn those five games into wins, they're sitting at 12 and uh, what, 12 and I don't want to say the wrong number, 12 and five on the season, which is a fantastic record. So uh, I I think that he could do a lot for this offense. Yeah, there there's some excitement coming in here. That's for sure. Definitely. All right. The other guy or another couple guys here, but other quarterback here, uh, which I think was the second 
to me, the second largest QB signing of the offseason. Derek Carr to the Saints. I kind of took me by surprise. Uh, I personally didn't expect uh, Carr to leave the Raiders. Um, and because of that, I, it overall, this surprised me. Um, but I think it's, it's one of those things that just makes sense to me. Uh, Carr going into a, a, a team that needs an upgraded QB or at least some consistently at consistency at QB ever since breeze left. Uh, and I think he's going to, I think he's going to shine there. Uh, I think he's just going to have, I, I mean, he kind of gets a, a little bit of a downgrade in the receiver room, but I think this is still a, a place for him to kind of ball out um, at least to Derek Carr levels. Uh, and then Jimmy Garoppolo to the Raiders to replace him. Uh, in Vegas, that was kind of also a surprise, but not I, I, a surprise in the sense of Garoppolo leaving San Fran, but also makes complete sense when you think about it. Um, there's too many quarterbacks in that QB room in San Fran that it's still completely up in the air what that looks like. Uh, but Garoppolo finds himself in Vegas with uh, Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, and uh, basically a wide receiver room that is primed for success for anybody that steps in at QB there. Um, so, I mean, right off the bat, I think Garoppolo kind of got the better end of this deal. Uh, I wish Carr could have probably stuck around. I think he's personally the better QB, but who knows? This might be, who knows? Maybe Garoppolo put some life into this, uh, this Vegas <laughs> offense. Yeah, and I, I think uh, an understated aspect of this too is his is Garoppolo is rejoining two familiar faces from when he yeah. was actually in New England. Um, Josh McDaniels is the coach for uh, Las Vegas, the Raiders now, and uh, Jacoby Myers is actually uh, now mm. on the Raiders as well. Um, so you know, two guys, two New England guys, know how it's run, um, are going to be on the same wavelength as Jimmy G. I, I think. I, I think you brought up a good point, Kyle. I think that this is a wide receiver core that's that is primed, that is ready to go, um, and they just need a competent leader in there. But I, I'm going to go ahead and, and disagree with you, and I'm going to say that the Saints' wide receiver room is actually better this upcoming oh. season. Um, if if Michael Thomas is right, which is the biggest fattest if that I can give <laughs> on earth, um, if Michael Thomas is is right and he's not hurt and he's good to go this season. I saw enough from Chris Olave to to say yeah. that he is he is an extremely extremely competent wide receiver too. At worst, uh, I mean, I think he could. We saw last year he can basically uh, run an offense on his own uh, as the as the alpha there. But I think when you put Thomas and you put Olave together in an offense where they brought in some some depth at uh at the tight end position as well with Adam Troutman. And I think they brought in Foster Moreau this offseason as well. They, mm -hmm. they just have they have some targets there that they could really that they could really share pretty nicely. So I think Carr is still in a pretty good position to succeed, uh, ev even with moving elsewhere. And I mean, we saw last year the NFC South is about as toss up y as it gets. Um, I, I think Every the year. early odds on favorite, I think I'm just kind of guessing this is probably the Falcons, uh, who were not a formidable team by any stretch of the mind. And I mean, with with Ritter stepping in there to to man the offense officially for the 2023 season, uh, you really don't know what you're going to get. He's realistically Carr is the most experienced and probably the best quarterback in this division, and a lot of times that leads to that translates to the the team winning the division. So I think Carr could find success early on in in this season or in his in his tenure with uh, 
with the New Orleans Saints, whereas I think Jimmy G might have a tough go of it because you got to remember, he's going to play Russ, Justin Herbert, and Patrick Mahomes six times this season, you know, and I think Jimmy G is a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's on the level of any three of those quarterbacks. Yeah, no, he's going to have a definitely a tougher go. And I mean, what we all thought was the division of nightmares last year kind of right. may actually be that this year. Right. And uh, yeah, good luck, Jimmy G. Um, well, and I, I think, I think Kyle, sorry not to cut you off there, but I think that it's, it's like do or die time for both the Chargers and the Broncos. I mean, the Broncos yeah. brought in Sean Payton. Uh, Russ is going to have to have a hell of a season to to stick around there past this year. And Brandon Staley's it feels like he's got like about six strikes right now, and he's he's fighting not to hit that seventh strike. So, um, you know, I mean, they're both going to have to play a a very good season. You know, one's a quarterback, one's a coach, obviously, so it doesn't equate. But um, I think they're both on the chopping block and on the hot seat. So. You know, they're, they're going to be – it's do or die time for both of them. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. So, uh, it feels to me like the Raiders could be the odd man out this season. Yeah, kind of like we saw from them last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and who knows? Maybe Garoppolo steps right back into an offense he might be very familiar with and mm-hmm. uh, just shine or at least do very well for himself. Yeah. All right. Next group. Uh, running backs, uh, a few, few, I guess, uh, higher level signings here. Um, we've got Miles Sanders going to the Panthers from Philly. David Montgomery uh, heading from Chicago to Detroit, uh, signing with the Lions. And then Jamal Williams, uh, probably in regard to the Montgomery signing, uh, Jamal Williams signs with the Saints and kind of becomes the RB2 in New Orleans. Um, Zach, out of those three, what, uh, which ones of those kind of stick out to you? Well, I'm going to be the biggest Homer on earth here. And I, I you know what? I, I didn't even think of it. I'm going to let you be a Homer too. So yeah. Yeah. yeah what do you think? Uh, do you want to talk about your guy or you want to talk about my guy? We All can... right. I'll talk David Montgomery going to the lions. Okay. Uh, I'll take it. All right. Um, yeah, this is, I mean, my favorite signing. I think, uh, I mean, he's in Detroit my team. Uh, and I remember when it first took place, Jamal Williams was still there. Dondra Swift was still there. And now <laughs> completely different running back room. Uh, and I, we don't even have Dondra Swift on this list, but he was traded to the Eagles. Um, kind of probably, uh, there was a lot of running back room reshaping that took place in Detroit. Uh, and quite honestly, I expect this room to be, similar to last year, but with David Montgomery in the Jamal Williams role. So for, I mean, for fantasy purposes, uh, target David Montgomery. If you want the, the two touchdowns every week kind of situation, um, especially because I, as a football player, I personally think David Montgomery is like slightly better than Jamal Williams. Uh, and that, that's just slightly, I think it's, I don't think we're going to see a huge difference between the two. Uh, but as, in terms of their roles, I think they're going to be identical. Uh, I just kind of would prefer Montgomery. Um, so, yeah, Montgomery, RB2 in or kind of like the RB1B in Detroit. Uh, that's going to be exciting. 
Yeah, it's it's funny because I think clearly um, Dan Campbell has a a preference in how he likes to set up his running backs. He likes his yeah. his scat back, which clearly Swift was not capable of being. Um, and we see that they love Jameer Gibbs and can obviously they're putting a lot of a lot of eggs in his basket. And then you have the 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 grinder, the goal line guy, the third and one, the pick up the first down guy. And that's what we that's what we're probably going to see from Montgomery. I was actually I was watching a video the other day and it was just trivia of some kind. It was like who led the NFL with 18 rushing touchdowns in 2022. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, it's Nick Chubb. It's got to be, you know, it's got to be one of these guys. No, it's Jamal Williams. I mean, there is so much opportunity that Montgomery's walking into. And even if he can produce 60% of what of what Jamal Williams did, I mean, he's that's still a 12-touchdown season, which is phenomenal. So yeah. I, I think Monty's a great pick. And I, I think if Gibbs is expected to step into that uh, Alvin Kamara-type role, I mean, if you look at what Kamara did in his first season, he was peppered with targets. Um, but I mean, he did not take a lot in the run game. He only had 120 rushes on the season. So you're looking at an average of under 10 carries per game. Um, probably uh, I'm trying to do the mental math, but that's probably closer to like seven, seven and a half per game. So that's not a lot of rushes that's going to be taken away from, um, from David Montgomery. So there's plenty of opportunity. I love that. Um, but let me talk about, uh, Sanders real quick. I let's think he's going to have a, a beautiful, career renaissance down in Carolina. I mean, not to say that he was bad at all um, in his time in Philly, but he was notorious for being a, a little end zone stingy, a little a little up and down, a little unreliable when it came to fantasy football. I, I think that's going to change. I think that this guy is going to get a heavy workload in the passing game. Um, I, th- I think that they've been looking for their Christian McCaffrey type guy ever since Christian McCaffrey left. Uh, I know it's a new coaching staff and things might be done a little bit differently there now, but I, I think that Miles Sanders is still young enough. He doesn't have a ton of tear on, wear and tear on his body. There's a reason they went out and signed him and put put you know a lot of guys don't get a second running back contract and he did. Um, so and he's he's the guy. I mean, there's there's really not a lot of other people there. I'd, I'd actually have to look up the depth chart to even see who is there behind him. Um, I but I mean, Chuba and. Uh, I think just Chuba. Yeah, and then Raheem, Raheem Blackshear and Spencer Brown. So, I mean, that does not intimidate me at all. Uh, if Deontay Foreman was still there, that would intimidate me a little bit more. But, I mean, the room is his. So, I I, I love his ceiling this year. I think it's going to be extremely high. And, and you know, uh, maybe I'm being a little hot takey here, but I think he's going to be an RB1 in, in 2023. Yeah, I look forward to seeing your uh... – projections as you make your way through them and absolutely (laughs) that's a grind man (laughs) yeah it's in the works all right arby's out of the way wide receivers well we saw brandon cooks sign with the cowboys um or was he traded to the cowboys traded uh and then alan lazard jets uh following i think he went there pre-rogers i think he was there kind of as a uh, an extra luring as bait kind of, kind of tool. <laughs> uh, Juju Smith Schuster is in New England. He's a Patriot now. And this one, this one was the surprise to me. Uh, Adam Thielen going to the Panthers. Uh, that one kind of uh, that one happened, and I was like, "All right, that is a little bit too much. Uh, that's going to be too much different or same face, new place. Uh, that's going to be weird for me." Um, but yeah. Just a few highlights of those wide receivers who shifted. Um, Zach, any of those stand out to you? So, I mean, wide receivers clearly. 
I think the less sexy position here, um, uh, you know, a lot of these guys are going to fall into kind of utility roles. Um, not necessarily. I don't think any of these guys I would say are the ones in their offense. Um, I mean, we might see Aaron Rodgers try to force feed Lazard a little bit and uh, get him the ball more than maybe he should get it. But, you know, um, I think out of this list, the one that stands out to me the most, though, would probably be Brandon Cooks. Um, going down into Dallas, you know, Dallas lost Dalton Schultz this offseason. He went down, down over up to Houston. Um, so he didn't he loves Texas, but he didn't he didn't leave. He, uh, you know, just went just went next door to the Texans. But that's going to be a lot of vacated targets in that offense. And um, Zeke is also gone. So there's some some targets that open up. Of course, they'll fill them in with maybe other running backs with other tight ends so on and so forth. But I think Brandon Cooks can step into a big role in this offense. Um, it, it really kind of feels like they've been looking to fill targets ever since Amari Cooper left this offense uh, what, two or three seasons ago. Um, because when they had Cooper and Gallup and, and CD, it was like it was like beautiful. Everyone was getting fed the ball all over the place. And I think Cooks is really going to step in and is going to take a, a decent target share and, and is going to get the ball a lot. I think Dak's going to find it to be a, a nice security blanket. Yeah, I I agree. I think that's a huge one. Uh, I think Brandon Cooks is Mister uh, Mister Consistent and looks for I think his sixth team now to have a thousand yard receiving yards for uh, fifth or sixth. Either way, too many. Uh, and either way, he's Mister Consistent. Anybody's throwing the ball in any uniform and he's catching it for a thousand yards. Kyle, um, you, you know what's you know what's funny is is Brandon Cooks is a good player. Like he he really is. He's not a bad wide receiver, but he gets just passed around all over the place. I, I don't know if I don't know if he's a good teammate. Maybe he's a bad teammate. I don't know. But like I, it's funny. I was talking to a couple people and uh, they were saying Josh Johnson was visiting. I think it was the Ravens or he was signing with the Ravens for the third time in his career or something like that. Now that's a guy that. You know, he just bounces around because he's he's mediocre, you know, but Cooks, I mean, you talked about Cooks is on his, what, fifth or sixth team now. And I mean, he's he's a good wide receiver, which kind of drives me nuts. Yeah, he's a very good receiver. And I mean, fantasy speaking, he's always a guy that you can slot in and your flex or your wide receiver three position mm -hmm. uh, and be incredibly happy with. All right. Uh, yeah, I copied Brandon Cooks. Tight ends, um, I, not many, not much huge movement. Um, saw Darren Waller, Darren Waller uh, signed with the Giants. He is now a, a New Yorker. Um, my my personal favorite signing, Irv Smith to Mine the too. Bengals. Mine uh, too. Love me some Irv. Uh, dude is still only twenty four, and getting a get. Being on a new team that is just young and pass pass happy, uh, I'm excited for that. That's gonna be a that's gonna be my favorite one. <laughs> I'm gonna draft too much Irv Smith again. <laughs> yeah, it's it literally is a trap with Irv Smith. I mean, he's been in the league four years now, um, so he would have had the potential to have started. Let me do the mental math here. Right, uh, 65 total games. Okay, so he could have started 65 total games. Kyle, give me a guess. How many games have Irv, has Irv Smith started in his four-year career? 10. 15. 15. 
15. But you know what? I Irv is that good stuff because I just keep going back to him and I, I keep year. believing in him. I, I mean, I hope it's it'll be there. a year. I hope so. Uh, he uh, fits right into this offense, um, a pass-happy offense that saw Hayden Hurst be pretty successful last year. Um, behind Irv is only Drew Sample and Asi Asi. So, I, I mean, the, the door is open for him to, to get reps and to get some playing time. Let's – Let's hope he puts it together. There's always a three touchdown, two or three touchdown position or week from a Cincinnati tight end. Um, <laughs> and it's always like week eight or something. So <laughs> at least by then we can count on Irv. Yeah. You just, that's, that's that middle of the season. You're just hoping for a win. You take a shot in the dark. You, you pick up Irv, throw him in there, and he gets you 26 you're, points. And you yep, love your, that guy. Your tight end one is on a bye. You need a dude <laughs> to slot in there. And Ir, Irv is always at the top of the top of the waivers. Yep. And I'm looking forward to holding on to him all season. <laughs> that's the thing is never, never let him go. Right. <laughs> never. Uh, and just one other signing, Dalton Schultz signed with the Texans. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that one I don't think is huge. I don't think I, I don't think that's going to be a very fantasy relevant signing personally. But I really I I don't either, Kyle. Um, so, sorry, but I don't want to drag too on, on too long here. But uh, I I don't think it's going to be huge. But I do think that the Houston offense has a chance to be sneaky yeah. good. Like, I, I, you know, it's not going to don't get me wrong. It's not going to be great. It's not going to break any records. And until they invest in that offensive line a little bit more, um, CJ Stroud's going to have a hard time back there. But I mean, they pick they picked up Tank Dell on the draft. They have um, they're they're bringing back Nico Collins. They're bringing back. They brought in Dalton Schultz. Um, John Mechie's coming back from his his leukemia diagnosis, which is fantastic. Thank goodness. uh, there's one other person that I'm missing. Oh, uh, Chris Moore had a pretty good season down there last year. Um, so, uh, you know, they they have some guys, and and it could be okay down there. Not to mention Damian Pierce is a solid running back, too. So we'll see. Sneaky. Sneaky good offense. Sneaky good. Sneaky. Sneaky, sneaky. Very <laughs> sneaky. All right. That was – I said new faces, new places, but I guess it's same faces, new places. I think so, Something yeah. like that. Um, let's move on to the schedule announcements. Um, just highlighting some strength of schedules, uh, early season streamers. Um, but I'll get us started with some strength of schedule. So QBs, uh, just listing these off here, uh, QBs with the easiest schedule kind of season long, um, based on, I guess the 2022 season and fantasy points allowed, uh, based on defense and matchups and all that fun stuff. Easiest three, Packers, Saints, Bears. So, of course, we get to figure out if Jordan Love is pretty good at the pretty easy QB schedule. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saints, we get to see Derek Carr kind of slide right in with a, a, a breezier schedule. And then, man, I don't think the hype could be any any higher for Justin Fields. Yeah, it it feels it feels primed to be too high a little bit, you yeah. know. Like it it really it feels that way, and I'm on the roller coaster with him. I, I love Justin Fields; he's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league. I think he's a candidate for my first jersey of the season this year. But uh, I, I, you know, I, I think it's this feels like a trap too. It really does. 
Yeah, it it there's always that trap QB pick, uh, and it it's hard. You never know who it is. Uh, that's why they're traps. But I so badly want Justin Fields to be good. He was fantastic last year, and now he gets DJ Moore. And uh, projections are coming, but right now I'm feeling very good about Justin Fields. He, he's easy to feel good about. <laughs> that's the trap <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And then hardest schedules for QB. Uh, this is going to be a rough one. Uh, Cardinals have the hardest uh, QB schedule for fantasy purposes, at least. Uh, so the combination of Colt McCoy and Kyler Murray are not going to have an easy, easy path this season. And then Steelers with Kenny Pickett is going to have going to have another rougher season. Uh, and then the Rams. Uh, does Matt Stafford return to kind of his form with uh, this kind of slightly harder schedule? It's always tricky looking at these strength of schedules because they never really truly pan out um, based on uh, looking at it. We're currently looking at it in May. Uh, this is not at all what it's going to be week four. Uh, defenses change, all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, Cardinals, Steelers, Rams, hardest strength of schedule so far. I'll keep it really short, Kyle. I'm not really interested in any of these three guys. I think Kenny Pickett had a good chance to be a sleeper this year. I think he still does. Um, you know, I don't want to put too many eggs in the basket of preseason strength of schedule. I think it's, I think it's easy to get sucked into things that are a little too sticky. Uh, in in terms of you know last season strength of schedule, blah blah blah. Because I mean, coming out last year, you would have expected the Jets to be one of the worst teams in the league, and they have one of the best defenses. So like you know, it's 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 a little a little iffy. But I mean, I'm not super interested in Matt Stafford coming off injury. I'm not super interested in whatever the Cardinals are going to roll out. Um, and I'm mildly interested in Kenny Pickett, but that's really it. Um, as for the running backs, though, Kyle, I, I have the three easiest teams here as being one we just talked about, the Lions, who have Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, uh, the Titans, and the uh, the Denver Broncos. And then as for the hardest side, I have the Eagles, the Seahawks, and the Dolphins. Do any of those three easiest or three hardest stick out to you specifically? Hardest? I mean, Eagles. Um, I think last year, I think they had one of the easiest schedules. Uh, fantasy point wise and sure it showed but I think seeing them on this list of hardest kind of uh, doesn't excite me but they've got a running back room that's going to be scattered and just all over the place this season so mm -hmm. I, I'm not fully buying into any specific person uh, which isn't too bad uh, Kenneth Walker with Seahawks another interesting one Definitely. but primarily seeing a <laughs> The Titans and Derrick Henry have an easier schedule. Uh, just electric. That that just sounds fun. <laughs> that's that's the one I was looking at too. I mean, if I, I have a feeling, kind of in my gut, that Will Levis is going to come out and is going to be the starter in Week Four or Five of the season, and um, that that could Derrick Henry could just run the crap out of the ball. So, you know, we'll see what that has to bring. But another sleep sleep sneaky one that caught my eye here uh is actually the the broncos having one of the easiest schedules um coming off acl surgery javante williams might not be ready to go so a great phenomenal late round sleeper in your leagues is actually samaj p ryan you know uh sean payton's been talking him up off all offseason about he can handle a workhorse load blah 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 so i love samaj p ryan to grab late in late in your 
late in your drafts just to kind of stash on your bench. You could get a couple, three, four, five, you know, maybe high-end RB2 weeks out of him until Javante comes back in his full gear. So I that that catches my eye quite a bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then wide receiver, easiest schedules. You got the Saints. You got the Packers. You got the Seahawks. Uh, and then the three hardest for wide receivers. You got the Rams, the Titans, and the Steelers. And then while, while Zach kind of disappears here for a second, uh, Saints with the, the easiest wide receiver schedule. Pairing that, I mean, QB, uh, they had the second easiest QB schedule. I think that kind of aligns itself. Yeah. Um, Packers again, but Seahawks, third easiest schedule. It's going to be interesting. It it definitely is. That feels like a great environment for uh, yeah. Jackson Smith and Jigba to kind of grow in and, and blossom. And you know what? That might be also great for um, our boy Geno Smith to to really solidify himself as being back and not just a one year fluke. So I, I think that's pretty exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to that for the Seahawks. Absolutely. Yeah, and then the Rams' hardest <laughs> wide receiver schedule. That's going to be interesting for Cooper Cup. Yeah, especially since it's like Cooper Cup and then like no one. <laughs> Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson. I mean, I, I like Van Jefferson, but not not as the wide receiver two in an NFL offense. Maybe as a three or a four, but um, it it it's just raining and pouring on the Rams right now. <laughs> and it will continue to. It will. And then, Kyle, on the tight end side, uh, the easiest schedules go to the Packers, who, remember, in the NFL draft took that stack uh, of tight ends, which was a little bit interesting. Uh, the Saints, again, we kind of are seeing a trend with the quarterbacks, wide receivers, and, and tight ends. The passing game is obviously uh, in the green for the Saints this offseason. And the Bears, which is kind of cool. Uh, shout out to Cole Komet there. But the hardest three are the Cardinals, the Steelers, and the Rams. So, uh, again, I'll ask you the same question. Anything stick out to you specifically? Anyone you're targeting? Anything off of this information? Not off of this information. These are six teams where I can name off the top of my head two tight ends. And that is <laughs> Briar Muth and Tyler Higby. Uh, both <laughs> uh, so this is this feels very, I don't want to say irrelevant, but it's not going to it's not going to hurt me. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm very much in the same boat with you there. Uh, I think if I would have seen the Ravens or the Chiefs, you know, with Mark Andrews and and uh, Travis Kelsey, or maybe even the Falcons, give me back that Kyle Pitts hope a little bit. I think that would have got me excited. But uh, out of these six teams, definitely nothing catches my attention too awful much. Yeah. So strength the schedule, kind of just a quick, easy look at those. Kyle, then- before before we move off of schedules, real quick. Two second question. What was your favorite schedule release? Oh, uh, Panthers or not the Panthers, the Titans, the Titans, uh, the Titans. Yeah, is good. The, the, Titans <laughs> is good. the um, just asking what the the logos were. <laughs> the Ramblers, right? <laughs> that was my favorite. And just seeing the, the Colts show up every both times for <laughs> the Cowboys, Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think if I had to give you a favorite, I really like the Jets with the Geo Guesser guy. I thought that was pretty funny. That was good. That was uh, that was that was a good collab. <laughs> <laughs> well done. That was a good one. All right. Strength the schedules out of the way. And just a quick glimpse, just because this is probably on our docket to chat about later this summer. 
uh, early season streamers based on just like strength of schedule. Um, and this just kind of goes for QBs and defenses. So I, I'm not planning on delving too deep into this. Just kind of one of those things to keep in the back of your mind. Like, oh, these late round picks could be starters for the first few weeks. And then I dump mm-hmm. them to find the new hotness. Um, so for QB, Russell Wilson uh, starts out the season with the Raiders, the Commanders, Dolphins, and the Bears. And I think ranked, it's the easiest four-week st- four start of all QBs. Um, so I, it, <laughs> hopefully it's a get-right four weeks for Russell yeah. Wilson in this yeah. offense. Uh, and if it's not, then it's like after week three, he's just exiled in the fantasy land. <laughs> And then Jordan Love gets uh, Bears, Falcons, Saints, Lions to start the start the season in uh, his offense. So once again, another QB where uh, let's find out, and we'll know in these four weeks whether it is Jordan Love or if it's just going to be a, a, a mid season from uh, this Packers offense. Uh, but luckily, we'll know soon or as early as this because easier start. And then you draft him late, and if he balls out, then you've got a steal. And then- yeah, uh, both of these guys still kind of concern me. Jordan Love more than more than Russ does. I, I drafted Russ middle to late last year, hoping I was going to have a trade piece, and I h- kind of hung on to him all season long, and uh, it never panned out. But I think if he can get it going early, I think people will be interested in him this year. I mean, we've seen it year in, year out from this guy that he's a good quarterback. I, I think last year was just a lot of different circumstances that wound up having him struggle. But for Jordan Love, I'm not sold. That one game we got to see him start against the Kansas City Chiefs was just a miserable football game to watch. Um, and I'm not sold on him. But, I mean, this early season schedule does make it enticing. So, I don't know. I'm probably going to stay away, but I can't blame anyone for wanting to stream him against those four teams either. Yeah. it's They're, they're kind of fine streaming options is what they really are. Mm-hmm. And in defenses, I, I don't expect us to have too much to say on this. This is more just like <laughs> something to keep in the back of your mind for. What do you mean? I have a ton to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but right off the bat, just strictly based off strength of schedule uh, and from last year's performances, um, the Bengals and the Colts have the easiest start to the season. So this is kind of like the defenses that aren't top tier that you probably take like in the late round, then you're just like, all right, these guys have easier starts. I can stream them these first few weeks. Uh, Bengals get the Browns, Ravens, Rams, Titans, and the Colts get the Jags, Texans, Ravens, Rams. So I think statistically, based on last year's performances, they were the four worst offenses kind of combined um, in comparison to the rest of the league. So some basic Streaming, I'm giving streaming advice in late May. Um, <laughs> you, you feel free, help, my friend. <laughs> feel free to completely ignore all of that. Uh, it's more just uh, it's schedule related. When, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be taking all this back when, when somehow the uh, let me see, they both have the Rams. When the Rams end up trading for, I, I, I don't even know. Obviously, the Rams are in sell mode, but they end up trading for TJ Watt or some some just outlandish thing that boosts their defense all the way up. Who who knows? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who the hell knows? All right, so Zach, that was our, or I guess the listener viewer, that was our quick new 
same faces, new places, uh, and schedule announcement rundown. Um, Zach, it's a pleasure chatting with you. We are First Seed Fantasy. Find us on Instagram and Twitter, First Seed Fantasy. Uh, and basically on YouTube or anywhere you listen to, or sometimes I think you can watch podcasts now on Spotify, uh, wherever you find your podcast, uh, first seed fantasy tune in. We are planning on coming at you weekly throughout the summer. Yep. Can't wait. I mean, we got a ton more topics on the list already to, to hit and, uh, you know, who's to say we don't give some more streaming advice next week. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'll have your your week two waiver pickups uh ready and listed out uh for the start of june so be ready <laughs> kyle's gonna pull mike davis out of the bag next week be ready be careful <laughs> <laughs> don't tempt me <laughs> all right thank you all for tuning in and we will see you next week later Thanks for listening to the First Seed Fantasy Podcast. Till next time. Till next time.